Hey, running friends. Welcome to the Wrinkled Runner podcast. I'm Sherry, the Wrinkled Runner. I'm over 50 and I love to run wherever I go, but Buffalo, New York is my home. If you are looking to start to run or you're an older runner, this podcast is especially for you, so subscribe now. I love to help people get running and keep running. Today's episode is on fueling, or eating, to give you energy for your running. In order to perform well, you need to fuel your body. Running for sport means paying attention to what you're putting in to get the maximum benefit out. When I first started running, it was for weight loss, and I wasn't eating well, even though I was eating low-calorie. It wasn't low-calorie like, you know, carrots and tomatoes and, and grapes. It was substituting a lot of good foods for diet foods. So I'd eat a diet chocolate pudding that was mostly made up of chemicals. My running didn't get better until I started to give up those chemicals, which is in basically any diet food, to make it taste good. As a runner, I know that carbs are important to my fueling strategy. Now, there are runners who are able to do a low-carb, kind of keto-type diet, and they find success, but I am definitely not one of them. I can tell you on my morning runs if my nutrition was good or bad the day before. And part of that is whether or not I had enough carbs. Most people are aware that nutrition refers to the water, protein, fats, carbs, and vitamins and minerals that you ingest. If you're a bodybuilder, you are probably most interested in protein. Two of my sons are very much into weightlifting, and what they eat or drink after a workout seems to be on their minds a lot. They have their protein intake down to a science. What kind, how much, when they do it. If you're a runner, uh, once you've run, you should think about eating or drinking a bit of protein when you get back from that run. Some runners do a protein shake from a powder, but I prefer real food. Things like a piece of toast with peanut butter and eggs would be an example of a breakfast with protein. You can also make your own protein bars. And I'll link to a recipe I make all the time for myself and my husband from the book Finish Line Fueling by Jackie Dikos. Studies done with athletes show that protein shakes and other supplements added to the diet are probably not needed. Our daily protein requirement is usually exceeded, in fact, just by what we normally eat. Things like cheese and yogurt, fish or chicken, nuts and seeds are all good sources. So unless you're really, really into bodybuilding, um, you probably don't need to worry about all those powders and supplements and things like that that a lot of people spend a lot of money on. If you've run for any length of time, you've probably heard that carbs are the ultimate fuel. Because the glycogen stores are depleted quickly and daily, eating carbs is something that needs to be done on a regular basis to keep that storage up. This is why on a long run or during a long race, runners consume more carbs to keep that energy going. If you're going for a training run or a regular run that isn't particularly long, replenishing your carbs after exercise is sufficient. During a longer training run or race, though, you need to be refueling in order to prevent the dreaded wall or bonk. I've used an interval app on my phone that can be set up by time called Intervals, and I use it for running workouts, but I've also set it up to remind me when to eat my carb of choice. Since practicing for a longer race with whatever fuel you plan to use is important, having a reminder to do that helps me immensely. I will tend to forget that I have to take those carbs and If you wait too long to do that, your body can't catch up. You're not going to get the refueling that you need in time for it to work. Foods that I like normally that I've tried during marathon training ended up in the note pile, like raisins, pretzels, and even rice pudding that tastes so good to me normally 
were intolerable during training runs. So it's crucial you find out what works for you or doesn't before a big race day. Sports drinks can also deliver electrolytes as well as carbs on hot days. So if you're going to start experimenting with fueling during exercise, go ahead and start there. One thing that I have tried with success is a product called YouCan. It is a supplement, but I add it to my yogurt for breakfast before a long run. It's made with, uh, it's called like a super starch, and the story behind it is actually really interesting. So check out the YouTube review or blog post about it to see what it is and how to use it. If you are going to go on a longer run, pre-fueling is important. I usually run in the morning, so my pre-run breakfast can be oatmeal with a fried egg on top. And really, don't knock it till you tried it. It's actually really good. I also will have the aforementioned you can with yogurt and fruit. Half a bagel with peanut butter is what I usually eat before a marathon. The typical pasta-rich dinner the night before a race is just not for me. I found during the taper when I was using a formula for how much carbs I should eat left me feeling sick, bloated, and like I had a lead ball in my stomach. And I was really worried that I was going to feel like that on the marathon. So I reduced the amount and I felt better. I did carb store, but did it starting two days before the race, not loading up the whole week before. So I find that a bowl of rice with chicken and other yummy things is my favorite race eve supper. It's called Donburi, and when we lived in Japan, it was one of my favorite meals. And so there's a uh, Japanese restaurant not too far from where we live, and I usually go there now the night before a marathon. Fats are needed in everyone's diet, but be careful consuming those too close to a run. Everybody is different, but in general, having a fat-rich meal pre-run can cause some interesting stomach distress. Fat is what the body uses as fuel once the glycogen stores are depleted, so you do want them in your body. Almost everyone knows by now that the sugar industry was responsible for spreading the now-debunked rumor that eating fat made people fat. Now, obviously, we can't sit around eating donuts, butter, cheese, and bacon all day. But the so-called good fats, like those found in salmon or nuts or avocados or peanut butter, what you do want to reduce is the sugar in your diet. But if you need something sweet, do reach for the real sugars. Even worse than sugar are the artificial sweeteners in your life. Zero-calorie diet sodas, low-calorie cookies or puddings, low-calorie anything sweet is made with chemicals that will throw your body into confusion. We've talked a little about timing your meals, but let's dive in a little bit more. As I've said before, most of my runs are first thing in the morning. I don't generally eat anything before these runs, since they are usually less than an hour. Some runners do benefit from a little something, though, and if you are one of them, grab a half a banana or half a bagel. For those shorter runs, try to eat your snack 30 minutes to an hour before heading out. Two to three hours is the timing for a long run. If it's early in the morning, I've made sure supper the night before is carb forward and then had that half bagel or an oatmeal an hour before. Make sure you're hydrating regularly. A few episodes ago, I talked about hydration, so check that out if you need to. Now, I was talking about it more in the um, realm of hot weather running, but you do need to stay hydrated all the time and especially leading up to runs no matter what the weather's like outside. If you're going to be running less than an hour and a half, your pre-run snack or meal should be enough. After that, though, you will need to figure out what works for you to refuel your body. Some runners carry gels or I've tolerated cliff blocks well, but my favorite things are Fig Newtons. And for the last part of the run, 
I eat a fun-sized candy bar and that gives me the final kick in the pants I need with a fast jolt of energy. Because of all the sugar in it, it, it kind of gets into your system quicker than some of the other things. And so if it's a very long run, say I'm doing a 21-miler, like at the uh, 17, 18-mile mark, I'll just eat one of those fun-sized candy bars. It's a goal of mine to get to the point so that I can eat that, it tastes good and it motivates me to keep on going because sometimes, man, you just, you just want to stop. So on a long run, you should plan on eating 30 to 60 grams of carbs for each hour after that 90 minutes of initial running, although you're going to want to start some of that even before that so that you're starting your carb load. Use water when you're eating your carbs. It helps it to get into your system faster and it also helps what is probably going to be a dry mouth tolerate food better. Like before, when I was talking about the Fig Newtons that I like so much, I do definitely have to take that with water because those can get dry. So I'm good with around 30 grams an hour. My husband needs closer to the 60 grams an hour. Sports drinks can be used as well. And read the label to find out how many grams of carbs are being delivered no matter what you're using. One note about running longer than two to two and a half hours, you're going to want to up the gram count to 60 to 90 grams of carbs. But you are going to need to experiment. Like I've said before, sometimes the formulas for me don't really work. And so you're just going to have to do what it takes to test and experiment and figure stuff out for yourself. Write things down. I know a lot of times I think, oh, I'm going to remember this. And then, you know, three months later or even a year later when I'm starting the marathon train again, I, I just don't remember. So I have to write things down. So after you've completed your run for the day, now is the time to replenish what has been lost. Hydration is important since no matter the weather, you will have lost some water. Doing a sweat loss test can help you figure out how much you need to replace, and I talked about how to do one in the hydration episode. With that water, you should be aiming to eat a meal with protein and carbs. Some runners use chocolate milk as a good way to get all that in, and you can have pasta, my favorite bagels with peanut butter, bananas, just read the labels and replenish those carbs and the protein. The book Finish Line Fueling by Jackie Dikos and Run Fast, Cook Fast, Eat Slow by Shalane Flanagan and Elise Kopecki have both been invaluable to me for nutrition. I make food from both of these books regularly and they are full of good recipes that taste amazing. In addition to the recipes, they are also full of more in-depth nutritional information that will be beneficial to anyone who runs, no matter how little or how much. So I'll link to that in the show notes to both those books, to all the different reviews and recipes I've done with them as well, so that you can check those out. Hopefully I've encouraged you to think about your nutrition a bit more. Being mindful about what you are eating and drinking really can enhance your performance and make you a better runner. This week's resource is a website and app called Chronometer. I've covered this one on my blog and YouTube channel, and it goes hand in hand with what I've talked about today. You can track your protein, carb, and fat intake along with everything else with this app, and that gives you a picture of what you're eating and what is in the foods you're consuming. You can search for foods by name brand and the app will bring up a label and if you select it, your daily intake section will record it. And on the app on your phone, you can even scan the label of that so that that goes into the app as well. The basic plan is free and I have found that it has everything I need when I want to see what I've been eating. And since I also sometimes create recipes, I use it to generate the nutrition label for that as well. Next week, I'll be talking about resources for the older runner and take you to some websites and articles that I have found to be of help to me. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you know another runner who could benefit from today's topic, go ahead and share it. Do you have any running questions? You can ask me. Email me at sherry at wrinkledrunner.com and if I can't answer your question, I will do the research to find the answer and share it with you. The questions I get from listeners like you help me develop episodes, so please don't be shy. You can sign up for my once a month newsletter using the link provided so that you can have all the Wrinkled Runner resources from the past month all in one place. I also have opened up my virtual coaching in addition to coaching one-on-one with those in the Buffalo, New York area. So head to my coaching page on the Wrinkled Runner website, which I will, of course, link to, and check out how we may be able to work together. Until next Monday, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the run.